This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Jonathan Wiley and Patrick Fiore from Search and Rescue. Jonathan's been in the Valley about three years, has been in California and all around Colorado before that. He's a safety manager for a company that does uh, wind turbines. Pat has a background in education, been here about four years, was in Salida and all over Colorado before that. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Gary. Jonathan, how long have you been part of Search and Rescue here locally? Uh, I joined as soon as, as soon as we moved into the valley, uh, so uh, three years. Okay. And Pat, how about you? Uh, it's been four years last month. So you've got a fair amount of experience with that. Now, Jonathan, you're the captain yes, sir. of Search and Rescue, and Pat, you're a co-captain and treasurer. Correct. So how many members are there in Search and Rescue currently? We, we have 37 uh, members on our roster currently. Now, that's, we, a, that's a huge number, actually. Yeah, we typically try and hold right around that 40 mark for a variety of reasons. Um, but uh, yeah, 30, 30, high 30s is typically where we are at. And are you about where you want to be, or if someone wandered through the door with the right skills, would you be trying to recruit them? We're always looking for willing members, uh, absolutely. Uh, everything from uh, folks that can help us out in the operations center in the office to folks with technical climbing backgrounds that can help us in the, in the more technical missions in the field. Mm-hmm. So I imagine, as you say, uh, kind of any background, you could probably find a, find a slot for. Absolutely. They don't have to be a technical climber to uh, make an impact. Yeah, that's the common kind of misperception, folks, when they look at uh, search and rescue groups. They assume that they have to come in with a certain you know, climbing background and takes an entire village to make a mission happen. And we need folks, uh, ATV drivers. We need folks that can answer phones and, and uh, do communications logs in the office throughout the course of a mission, et cetera. So there's, there's always, no one's too small, as uh, a lot of organizations say. <laughs> now, what is your geographic range? Uh, obviously, Custer County, but then we also do mutual aid with the surrounding counties. We have uh, MOUs with Sawatch. Um, we do work with Fremont sometimes and Huerfano uh, and even Pueblo. Mm-hmm. So for, for us to be activated, somebody needs to be lost or injured or deceased, and they have to be so far away from a road where an EMS can get to them. So if it's too far for EMS or, or a deputy to get to them, then, then we're deployed to go find them. You have a good status within the community uh, as measured by Success in the Spirit campaign. Yeah, that's correct. We're incredibly fortunate every year to, to see incredible support from the community and, and folks that you know just recreate here and, and send checks in for, uh, from other locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's our largest, uh, largest you know, source of, of contributions uh, each year. Under full disclosure, I am on the board of the Community Foundation, so I should mention that. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to add to that yeah, uh, response. Um, I, I, you know, I've been on a variety of, of uh, organizations across you know, the state with, in regards to search and rescue, and by far this county and the, the folks that uh, recreate here, live here year-round and, and you know, part-time, uh, I've never experienced such a supportive community as this one. It, it far outranks the other organizations I've been a part of. Mm-hmm. And I know you have been part of this type of organization in other areas 
So you have a perspective on that. I do, yeah. I was involved in, uh, in Gunnison uh, County with Western Mountain Rescue and then also Hinsdale County uh, in the Lake City area prior mm-hmm. to that. So what are some significant recent accomplishments? From our perspective, you know, it's, it's kind of all over the map. Uh, we've, we've had some incredible donations uh, recently from, from folks uh, as a result, a direct result of a mission. Uh, we've also, of course, we were just talking about seeing uh, a great uh, response during the Community uh, Foundation Spirit Campaign. But as far as our most recent field missions uh, that were of note, we've had a couple very high-profile rescue missions, uh, and unfortunately, one of them was also a recovery where we assisted Mm -hmm. Sawatch County. But you know, seeing the mutual aid whenever there's a mission with multiple counties involved, uh, when we get feedback from our colleagues from other counties uh, that that kind of um, provide uh, some some amount of feedback to how we are performing as a as a team. Getting those uh, that feedback from you know our colleagues is just incredibly uh, validating uh, to our mission mm-hmm. uh, training and and the folks that we we have and uh, our goals within the team. So, Jonathan, give us a flavor of a typical mission or a memorable mission that you had to give folks a sense of how the whole thing plays out. Well, wow, to, to try and provide a, uh, a generic mission summary is, is difficult because they're, they're literally all over the map. But uh, typically, uh, our more technical missions tend to be in the Crestone groups, the Crestone Needle or Crestone mm-hmm. Peak area, also Humboldt, of course. Uh, and typically, they start with uh, actually the, the subject uh, reaching out uh, via 911 to the sh- uh, sheriff's dispatch providing some uh, amount of information. Sometimes it's uh, incredibly brief. Other times we can have access to them via cell phone throughout the entire course of a Mm -hmm. mission. Uh, At that point, uh, the dispatch center would uh, acquire uh, Shannon or Chris's uh, permission to activate search and rescue. We directly operate under the sheriff's office, the auspices there. Uh, And then we would, at that point, uh, receive a phone call from uh, one of the uh, incident management team members. So there's four of us that are on a rotating schedule uh, where the sheriff would uh, contact one of those four members and they would begin the process of organizing a mission. Uh, and we'd be page out the necessary resources within our team, uh, potentially uh, acquire assistance from other counties through the Colorado Search and Rescue Association uh, mm-hmm. that we're a member of. And then, you know, at that point, we would f- actually field team members, uh, depending on what the uh, exact scenario was. So occasionally, as, as you say, you tap into other groups, for instance, uh, helicopters find their way here occasionally from, from another group, I suspect? That's correct. We're, we're using a lot more aerial assets, I think, across the state, um, but certainly Custer County is, is starting to try and um, focus more heavily on that for rescuer safety. Uh, obviously, there are times when you know uh, either the weather or the, the exact mission profile isn't suitable for an aerial asset, but um, we certainly always have that in the back of our mind uh, to, to expedite the rescue and also uh, provide a, a higher degree of rescuer safety. Mm-hmm. So, Pat, can you give us an example of a specific incident that you were part of that comes to mind that was particularly memorable for whatever reason? Well, they're all they're all very memorable. We get to know our subjects quite personally, and and sometimes uh, our subjects' families. This this most recent one, the unfortunate recovery, that was a pretty hard one. Uh, we we typically, on average, have about two recoveries in the mountains mm-hmm. uh, each year, uh, and and you just obviously don't forget those. How many members of Search and Rescue 
uh, were out in the field, would you guess? That one, it was, it was, it started off a little slow because we didn't get the call out until pretty late uh, in the evening. And so the page to the members didn't get out until very late. So those who were able to check their phones or, or computers at, you know, midnight, one in the morning, or just wake up early, we were able to show up at four or five in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that we also had a mutual aid. We called in uh, the Colorado Surgeon Rescue Association, and they can help us with some resources and getting other other search and rescue teams from from around the area. Like Chafee County was Chafee County North and South assisted us in that one as well. Okay, so, so Jonathan, what are the most challenging types of missions? I would tend to say the. If I had to pick a category, it's generally the uh, mutual aid missions where we require require additional assets, right? It could mm-hmm. be we just simply need more personnel. We need a certain skill set that we don't have enough of within our roster. But coordinating mutual aid and, and additional assets from out of county mm-hmm. uh, and, and also, of course, involving the military from time to time with aerial uh, assets, either mass insertions of our crews or perhaps a hoist rescue uh, is is quite challenging to, uh, from a logistical standpoint, making sure that uh, everyone understands their tasks and also uh, is operating safely across everyone's different uh, protocol. Uh, every team has training procedures, uh, policies and procedures and guidelines that they adhere to. And whenever you're in, involving multiple you know, assets, it becomes challenging to manage that effectively and efficiently uh, and achieve a, a desirable outcome. A new term for me, preventative search and rescue. Tell me about that. We are trying to uh, press that more and more and more. It's a, it's a combination of education and public outreach and getting ourselves out there. Sometimes it's just uh, hiking through the trails as a team and, and handing out cards and just uh, reminding people of, of what some <laughs> things to do. And once in a while, some articles in the paper, especially come uh, mushroom hunting season, about some tips of you know what to do and especially what not to do. And uh, things just like this, getting our voices out there and, and trying to reach out. We have some new brochures, and one of them is specifically on preventative search and rescue, where it provides the tiny essentials of what to bring and, and things such as that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's right. So thinking about search and rescue, uh, what are your short-term goals and outlooks? So as an organization, you know, some of the, the goals that we've set for ourselves uh, moving into the next year and a half or so is really focusing on this uh, topic that you brought up, preventative search and rescue, getting more out in front of the public and, and helping people uh, better educate themselves, prepare uh, for being in the backcountry. We know statistically that uh, recreation in Colorado is on a, a huge rise and we know that there are going to be people recreating in our, our gorgeous mountains. So, you know, educating them and, and helping them prepare is uh, clearly a, a um, leading goal of ours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also within our organization, take training incredibly serious. You know, the, the more we train for the real thing, the safer we are in the real thing. And mm-hmm. so uh, those those two things are, are kind of our immediate goals, public outreach and, and education and training within our membership, proving our relationship with local first responder agencies, EMS, sheriff, fire, you know, all of these organizations that are, are out there doing similar things. We're, we're looking in the future to do some cross-training with them and, and uh, helping them understand what we do and where our paths cross so that we operate more efficiently within our county. Mm-hmm. As we run out of time, what advice would you give folks out there in Radioland? Perhaps someone who's just moved into the valley and is interested in hiking and maybe even being more adventurous and maybe doing some climbing and that sort of thing. 
Well, uh, I guess briefly would be uh, to prepare yourself. Don't just go out there. Make sure that you have those 10 essentials. Even if it's a short hike, bring a small little backpack. Tell somebody where you're going. Leave an itinerary. So if you don't come back at a specific time, mm -hmm. uh, that they're able to let us know where your plan was to be. And uh, yeah, don't take the altitude uh, for granted. It's, it's, it'll, it'll hit people differently. So some <laughs> people are affected. Even some people that live here at 8,000 feet, once they get to 11, 12,000 feet, they can be affected differently. So um, always bring plenty of water, first aid kit, and uh, be careful. And I'd also like to add to that, I think, uh, you know, our culture is moving away from kind of the mentorship type of concept in the backcountry. You know, when a lot of us started recreating, uh, we had someone who kind of held our hands, so to speak, uh, in the, the high country and certainly in the more technical uh, areas. And I would really encourage people to find someone that they enjoy recreating with and, and uh you know, maybe someone who has uh, a, a deeper skill set than, than you personally mm -hmm. and uh, really help each other grow and, and become safer, uh, more adventurous, and but also safer uh, backcountry travelers. And, and I'd really like to emphasize that uh, point that Pat made, which is leave that itinerary with someone you trust. And, and uh, it, it uh, speeds up a mission, a search and rescue mission, dramatically mm -hmm. if we have information as to where to, to right. initially look for you. If there's somebody out there in Radioland who wants to have, uh, find out more information about search and rescue or perhaps is interested in volunteering, how would they get in touch? So they can, uh, they can uh, access our information uh, on the web, as usual, uh, <laughs> custerstar.org, mm -hmm. and that's uh, C-U-S-T-E-R-S-A-R.org uh, on that website. And uh, our monthly meetings are also the second Monday uh, of each month at 6.30 p.m., and it's uh, open to the public. We certainly welcome any visitors, folks that are interested in finding out more about what we do and... and uh, coming to that meeting, I think we'll give a good indication as to, mm -hmm. to whether uh, it's a good fit for you. I wanted to Today. add one thing on our accomplishments, and also because we are a 501c3, uh, all, all of our income is solely on donations and grants, and so we accept uh, donations, obviously, year-round, 365. Um, you can mail them to our P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 1092 here in Westcliff, or there's also a PayPal account, and you can access that through our website. Jonathan, what have we left out today from your perspective? Well, we certainly want to thank the community uh, again. Uh, we can't say that enough. Uh, everything from the support we see during uh, the parades as we're walking down the street to the contributions that we receive, uh, both in, in the mail and, and uh, via our PayPal account, et cetera. But I also, uh, I really want to give a shout out to our, our membership. Um, you know, we're here thanking the community and they're part of the community as well as, as uh, volunteers and, and full-time residents. And we, uh, I, I, I'm just so proud of, of uh, our group and, and what we, uh, the goals that we set for ourselves and, and how we go about accomplishing that as a team. Great. On behalf of the community, let me just say thanks to the search and rescue, all the volunteers that uh, keep everyone safe out there. And these are literally life and death situations when someone finds themselves on the wrong side of the trail, perhaps. Uh, we've been visiting with uh, Jonathan Wiley and uh, Patrick Fiore from Search and Rescue. Gentlemen, thanks for coming by today. Certainly appreciate the time. Thank you very much for having us. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m., and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. 
Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 